This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Heard every Saturday morning at 9 on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. Welcome, friend, to our weekly garden party. We hope you brought along your questions because it's time to dish the dirt. On The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin, exclusively on Zoomer Radio. <laughs> Good morning. Good morning I, is yeah, right. I, well, some of you who maybe have the uh, cameras uh, on, uh, seeing Charlie Frantically trying to uh, rearrange my people. Well, yeah. Franklin and Tara Nolan is here as a guest. Good morning. That's right. Uh, Tara Nolan has written a marvelous. I've just had a chance to kind of breeze through it quickly. Mm-hmm. Gardening your front yard, projects and ideas for big and small spaces. It looks fantastic. It's Thank a good-sized book, too. It is. It's... <laughs> it's uh... Right about 200 and some odd pages. Yeah, it's heavy. <laughs> like it's, it's well-made, beautiful paper, and lots of great photos. Yeah. yeah. So we'll, well talk here, some yeah. more about that. Here we are on the Garden Show. We're just speculating over the next couple of weeks with all the stuff, the COVID-19 uh, mm-hmm. uh, virus going on. Mm-hmm. How many people will be going up to the attic or down the basement to get uh, old board games, you know, Trivial Pursuit or Monopoly, because you're going to be spending a lot of time Maybe in isolation, you know. Maybe, yeah, but yeah, maybe. and trying to limit our screen time, well, right? Yeah. Screens are okay, but you can't do that 12 hours a yeah, day. No, no. And getting outside for fresh air, we're going to talk a bit more about that, too. Yeah, you got it. <laughs> uh, oh, and... Uh, Your job. Better, oh, uh, My job is to give out the phone number, Correct. which I better do. So get to it. Four, all right, in <laughs> Toronto, 416-360-0740. And anywhere else in the province, toll-free, 1-866-740-4740. If you happen to be a first-time caller, please let Carlos, our operator, know. And uh, just before you get to the air, yeah, you get the garden wings. And our little mantra, of course, uh, if uh, you please call early, call often, one question per call. All right, over to you, Charlie. Thank you. I wish I had lots of great events to announce, but I don't. Well, no. <laughs> not, not much going on. Normally at this time of year, I mean, there probably are things going on. I'm just oblivious of them. But, you know, it's CD Saturday. It's CD Sunday. There's events yep. everywhere. And, of course, right now, the National Home Show, at, co-located with Canada Blooms, mm-hmm. is supposed to be on, which, unfortunately, for the participants of both those shows, they did all the setup and uh, were yeah. ready to go for opening morning, Friday morning, and got canceled a few hours before opening opening minutes. What a disappointment. For yeah, a with a lot of yeah. work and a lot of effort and a lot of mm-hmm. energy. So yes, our hearts go out to people that, you know, that kind of situation. Obviously, it's a one-shot deal. That's not going to happen again, but it's really tough. I mean, and so much it, work goes into it. Oh, gosh, I know it. You know, how much work goes into set, you know, we're talking eight, nine days of nonstop yeah. building yep. uh, artificial gardens, if you will. So it's uh, it's a lot of work. Ben, Tara, you were supposed to be there. I was. I was supposed to speak yesterday afternoon and catch up with some gardening friends. Mm-hmm. So I, I I was a little disappointed, so but all, obviously understand. <laughs> we're catching up online now. It's like exactly. it's a catching up online thing. So, well, that happens. And you uh, you broke your leg. Nobody can see that, obviously, <laughs> on the radio. But a month ago, you said. So yes. you've been uh, pulling wow. out the knitting needles. And, I have already been uh, <laughs> on my couch for, yeah. uh, yes, <laughs> practicing the social distancing just at a necessity. And uh, yes. So you're going to be 
great. You've got some good advice for people that this is new to, right? You've had a whole month of, of sitting there and keeping yourself busy and Absolutely. active <laughs> without being too active. And the weather is certainly getting better. Yeah. Oh, thank goodness for that. Uh, yeah. yeah. Perfect yeah. time to play in the garden. <laughs> yes. Planning and, and ooing and aahing over some of the catalogs that are rolling in, <clears throat> following up with some of the new seed varieties that are coming yes. out. Starting seeds. Yeah. Starting seeds. I've started some seeds. In honor of International Women's Day last weekend, got some seeds I going. Saw that. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Got some uh, marvelous advice coming up from Tara mm-hmm. uh, regarding how you can make that front yard of yours really sparkle. Um, and we, uh, of course, look forward to your, your calls. Any questions on that in that regard, we'll field right over to Tara. In the meantime, <laughs> a reminder of the phone lines. Uh, open right now. In fact, completely free. Uh, 416-360-0740 in Toronto. Anywhere in the province, toll free. 1-866-744-740. Frank Proctor, the sous chef of the garden. <laughs> Delighted to have a chat with you this morning. So give us a call and say hi. Daffodils and daisies, bluebells and begonias, Forsythia and foxgloves, marigolds, magnolia, lavender and lupins, dahlias, delphiniums, stalks, fox, hollyhocks, tulips and sweet williams. You've picked the right place for everything floral. This is The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin, exclusively on Zoomer Radio. And a wee reminder, my friends, that we have a special guest in the studio, Tara Nolan, who has written a marvelous book called Gardening, Your Front Yard Projects and Ideas for Big and Small Spaces. So, And I'm going to be interviewing and, Tara very specifically because I have some very big projects to do in my oh, yeah. new front and back garden. Right. Well, let's go <laughs> to the phone lines and say hi to maybe someone who's just around the corner here. Mm-hmm. Marianne here in Toronto. Good morning, Marianne. Uh, good morning, uh, Frank and Charlie. Good morning. Um, I have a question about a Hoya mm-hmm. plant. I was given one many years ago, and for a long time it just roamed around and uh, bloomed, and it had a beautiful pink flower that smelled terrible. Was, oh, but, weird, because normally but, they smell good. Okay, carry on. Yeah. But uh, it was lovely, and I was told uh, it doesn't take much care. Right. Well, I guess I didn't give it much care because it won't bloom anymore. Oh, dear. Oh, usually when they don't bloom, it's because you're taking too good of care. Is it in lots of sun? Uh, yes, it's in the uh, south window. Okay. And how often do you water it, roughly? Uh, when it when the earth looks dry. The, the earth kind of looks not Old. like earth. It looks like compacted bird seed. Oh, yeah. So very old, very uh, probably lacking severely in nutrient from all those years. It's probably been in the same pot for since you got it, right? <laughs> probably. <laughs> Which was maybe 10 years ago. Is there any possibility you could repot it this spring? Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's what I would do. Get out some or- newspaper, lay it out on the table, dump the whole thing out of the pot, break away some of that crappy old ancient bird seed looking like not really true soil. Get, right. But get yourself a nice brand new package of a good quality container gardening soilless mix, which will be a peat-based product. Typically, you'll moisten it in advance because it's packed dry, and then you'll put the whole thing back. Now, you can go back into the same pot, maybe, but scrub the pot if you're going to. Oh, yes. Okay. And... Um, uh, also, the uh, there are dry ends. I'm not supposed to cut them off, am I? The tips are drying out? Yeah. 
Yeah, well, see, that's always the thing with Hoya. They send out these long shoots that have no leaves on them, and they look really weird. But that's yeah. where your flowers appear. So that's why you want. They always say, "Don't tr- you know? Don't yeah. trim those tips." Oh. But if they're all rich, like brown and wizened, and typically very, very look dead looking, I would trim them off. I trim off dead stuff at any time on any plant. Yeah, it looks like a dead end. You know. Mm-hmm. Okay. And you know, a lot of these tropicals do not like our tap water, particularly straight out of the tap. So remember that, you know, run the water at least a day or two in advance, let it sit out in a pail, room temperature, fewer, fewer extra chemicals, fewer fluorides. Yeah, yeah, fluor chlorides, all that sort of thing does off gas somewhat, not entirely, but somewhat. So you've got a, a, a better water if it sits out. What about my filtered water? I have a, a filter. Like a Brita filter? Yes. Yeah, that works. That takes out all those chlorines and fluorides. Right. Replaces with different, but it's magnesiums and stuff that it replaces with. So, yeah, you should be fine. Brit is good. Well, thank you very much. <laughs> okay, okay Marianne, thank, thank you. you. All right. Uh, yeah, on we go. you know what? Okay, just yes. an aside. This, yep. Anybody out there that has soft water, like softened water, we never use that on our plants, indoors or out, because soft water is softened with sodium. Oh, right. Which is salt, right? And, well, yeah. they're all salts, but bottom line is very hard on plants. You never want to use soft water for You've got to have another tap that isn't soft uh, or bring in rainwater in the fall. That's a good point. We just, I just had a whole bunch of salt dumped into one of our, um, uh, appliances downstairs you know for for softening water. exactly yeah. exactly so and here we've been watering using that that water uh, Ooh. Frankie, so i wonder good. if you have often in a in a situation where yeah, yeah you've got a system in the basement yep. there will be a tap before the system that will give you the straight water like in your oh, case it's yeah. well water right yeah and i'm the same i'm on a well yeah <clears throat> now i've also have reverse osmosis water so i have pails of well water yeah. and pails <laughs> of ro water but don't use the soft water okay all right all right it's good tech. good point good <laughs> thank point. you yeah uh we can take another call here i believe uh you know uh, good morning and welcome to the show yeah good morning charlie and frank good morning i'm mino from toronto last week a lady was asking about starting hibiscus from a cutting right so i have a tip for her okay good <laughs> oh, put you're that right. Little, that, that little, put that little cutting in the moist soil in a pot yep. and cover it with drinking glass. Oh, okay, like a clear pl- a glass glass. Like yeah. a, a greenhouse. Right, yep, set up a miniature. Yeah, or even, I've done I that. I have never had any <clears throat> success with rooting them in water, so I always... So, I always do that, and I remember even when I was a little child in old country, yeah, it, yeah. they said that start hibiscus under a glass. Good idea. I love it. Good tip. And it was two weeks ago, it was Ella calling from Brantford, 30-year-old hibiscus that she was having trouble uh-huh. getting hibiscus cuttings to root. Yes. So setting up a little mini greenhouse. A little um, mini greenhouse. Yeah. They, they call it cloche. Have you ever yes. used that, Tara? It's and a glass. And another yeah. lady with mealybugs. Uh-huh. After spraying with the spray, yeah. I use old toothbrush to wipe them off. Oh, aren't you full of tips? <laughs> <laughs> oh. That's great, you know. <laughs> so I thought I'd give some tips. Yeah, that's, that's great. great no? Yeah, because they're and hard. And I have an orchid cactus that never blooms. 
Oh, do you? Well, that one you're just going to have to talk to it a lot. Okay. <laughs> okay. Oh, nice talking to you. Good yeah, to and talk thanks to for you. calling. Yeah. Thank you. Okay. Bye. Oh, We're going to screech to a halt here momentarily uh, up to our first commercial break. And then I believe that Charlie would like to have a little interview uh, with our special guest, Tara. Well, Nolan. We'll, you know, Tara's going to just roll yeah. with us here on well, this. Well, whatever. Those okay. were good little tips, eh? They were great uh, tips. So, yeah, because yeah, Mealybug never want to let go, right? They're just, and you don't know if they're alive or dead. You spray them, and they've got that coating on them, and they could be alive under there. So, so a little brush to move them off. Good idea. <laughs> Neat. It's great okay. from other gardeners. <laughs> I know. Share. Just gardeners are good uh, sharers. Take a little bit of a break here. In the meantime, uh, phone numbers one more time for Toronto and talk to Charlie and Tara. 416-360-0740. Anywhere in the province, it's toll-free. 1-866-740-4740. Back in a moment. <laughs> Don't change stations just because the weather changes. Garden tips and advice all year round. This is The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin, exclusively on Zoomer Radio. And occupying the control room as well, we have a special guest, Tara Nolan, who has written a marvelous book called Gardening, Your Front Yard Projects and Ideas for Big and Small Spaces. And just a quick aside, Tara, this is like hot off the press. It like, is. It came out on Tuesday, actually. Whoa. It's that, the, the ink <laughs> is still wet. <laughs> so, Isn't that great? Yeah, and it's a lovely looking book, obviously full of great tips and photos and available just about everywhere. Just I, about everywhere. Yeah. Um, online, if you want to order Amazon, or at local Indigo. bookshops, I was excited to hear my local bookstore well, the other so. day so and King West books in what's Hamilton. your what's it called king west books in hamilton it's in westdale in hamilton yep. imagine the tbg probably has it yes well they had a bunch of copies for canada bloom so, so they'll, they'll have, have it, it there as in well. their gift shop rbg yes. royal botanical um i haven't been there but they should as well though they are closed for the next few weeks so oh gosh yes they i got are, that eh? notice last night i guess tbg probably until is april too. 4th i think so yeah. many places to, yeah, you, it's hard to keep up with everything. Everybody's chosen like April 4th as the mm-hmm. day to go back, but I think yeah. time will tell whether we're, we're, we've flattened the curve, so to speak, right. between now and then. Exactly. All right. Uh, back to the phone lines here mm. for the moment. Uh, let's go to Brantford, and there is Patricia. Good morning, Patricia. Hello. Yes, good morning. Morning. Um, I just have a question. Um, I have a, a weed service company that's been calling me to upsell spraying for grubs uh-huh. at this time of year. I've used them in the past for spraying the creeping Charlie in my lawn, and it was quite effective. Mm-hmm. But um, I was just kind of concerned about them doing it. They said they would do it the end of March. Oh, that's weird. And from what I've understood from you in the past, it's usually effective in August. Mm-hmm. So what is correct? <laughs> well, first off, did you have issues with grubs last fall? I have noticed that there are holes in my lawn, yeah. Okay, so that would be the starlings or some, you know, little animal pulling the grubs Skunks. out. Exactly. Awesome. Yeah, yeah I that... went out and had a look, actually, the other day, and there's, you know, there's quite a few little holes. Okay. Not great craters, but no, little holes here and there. No, it's the raccoons that really wreak havoc. Like, they'll roll up your, your saw. <laughs> yeah, they'll, complete, they'll tidy it up and just roll it into a nice pile for you. And then, <laughs> and then like we always say, you know, you, your yeah. backyard looks like a minefield, and that's the raccoons. But the skunks tend to be a little tidier, and, of course, the birds are the best, because they, they kind of, like, aerate your lawn while they're taking out the grubs. They just mm. poke a bunch of holes. But, mm. okay, you're asking a really good question. Do you know, Tara? About the time of year, yeah, uh, spring control of grubs. All right, so I got to check I have, this out. I have done it in the spring before, but I was not able to. When I lived in Toronto, I was not able to actually 
effectively eradicate, <laughs> eradicate yeah. all of the mm. grubs and ended up turning my whole front yard into a garden. Because <laughs> mm-hmm. that was the beginning of it. Yeah. <laughs> right. Well, so I have used the nematodes in the fall or like August when the little t- the thing is they're little tiny babies the, the eggs hatch late summer and those little tiny baby grubs are so easy to kill because they have soft little bodies and they're just brand new right they eat all fall winter comes they respond to the temperature they go down deep below the frost line in your soil under your lawn mm-hmm. as things warm up they come back up all that up and down through the soil makes their skin very leathery. They become much harder to control because they've got this, like, mm. you know, yeah. abrasion on their, their outer skin. So just looking here quickly, to kill grubs in the spring or fall, or fall, use, okay, forget it, that's American, use carbaryl. Um, how to choose. All right, you know what, you're going to have to leave me with that. I, I don't know that there's effective, though I, I remember vaguely, there's a certain nematode I think that they've put out available that can be used in the spring that might be effective to do some control. Yeah, but the frost control. isn't even out of the ground yet in no. many places. You know, so. No, not at all. Well, it depends yeah. where you are. Like, if you're in a sunny spot, like, you're up north in a yeah. cabin, my friend. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Where the sun yeah. is beating down, it's, you yeah. know, with all the rain we've had, too, things are are thawed somewhat, but it's still a bit early. I, I just... Oh, yeah, I've got tulips popping up in my front lawn, or you, my front garden. Yeah, so oh. do I. So mm-hmm. do I. So, um, that I planted last fall. So, um, yeah, I mean, it's. Uh, let me just look into this for you. I, I, probably what it is is if a small percentage of grubs might be controlled by this weed control service. Mm-hmm. And if you are worried that your lawn is just going to get annihilated this spring because there were so many grubs last fall that weren't treated, I mean, that's the time to treat them, right? Um, right. Then it might be worth spending the money if it's a reasonable amount of money. But leave that with me. I'll, I'll keep listening and I'll, I'll follow up and, and let you know before the show's over whether I would hire. Are they charging like hundreds of dollars to do that? Um, it's about a hundred dollars approximately. Yeah. And no guarantees, of course. No, no, I wouldn't think so. (laughs) And is it a spray that they're offering or is it, is it nematodes or do you know? As far as I understand, it's a spray. Okay. Mm -hmm. Okay. Okay. Well, it's not exorbitant, uh, at least, you know. But I, bucks, I mean, back in the day, we used to be able to spray some pretty toxic chemicals that would the rain would take down into our soil and yeah. make that soil a poisonous environment so that the grubs would die in the spring. But we don't use those anymore here in Ontario. Huh? All right. Yeah, I just didn't want to spend that kind of money and not have it be effective at Exa- all. Yeah. I'd rather yeah. wait until August. Exactly. Well, off the top of my head, it's, there's no way it's going to be 100% effective, but let me check out and see what I think in terms of how effective it might be. Okay, I appreciate okay. that. Thanks, All right. Patricia. Thanks for your call. Yeah. Uh, here, we, uh, here we are uh, with uh, another caller, this time around from Dunville. Dunville. Yeah. yeah, Chris, good morning. Yeah, good morning. Good morning. Yeah, I'll just be quick because I know there's lots of people who want to talk to you. Charlie, can you explain to me about dormant oil? I got my, my fruit trees are, are trimmed and everything, but, mm-hmm. you know, the, the chance of frost and yep. stuff like that, well, out here... Between the two lakes, heck, I've seen yeah. frost in, in May. I know. And uh, what detriment is it to spraying them, say, if I sprayed them in another couple of weeks or mm-hmm. whatever you suggest? What does, what does the frost do to the dormant oil? Mm-hmm. Okay, you know what? So dormant spray is a kit, usually, two different yeah, sprays. I've used it before, lime, yeah. sulfur, and dormant oil, mix That's it right. up. And- yeah, so horticultural oil, which is a light oil, lime, sulfur, water, sprayed. Uh, Frost will not do anything detrimental to the trees if you've already sprayed them, as long as it's not like a twenty below kind of frost. Well, this is what I this is what I was wondering. Yeah. Is, you know, we could 
you get a nice calm morning like mm-hmm. this morning, mm-hmm. but now it is a bit early. I was thinking yeah. in the next mm-hmm. couple of weeks if, uh, oh, if you, uh, need, you know, and we're not going to get like minus uh, five or anything, but it is colder with the wind chill, and that's my concern. Right. So there's criteria on the package. Yes. One is you've got to be above zero. Number two, no oh, rain. You, yeah, the day you spray. Exactly. Yeah. When you're spraying, the day you spray above zero, no rain in the forecast for at least 24 hours. Correct. And low wind, or preferably no wind well, uh, when you spray. you can get your coverage the way you want. Exactly. Instead of, like, because it's, remember, a dormant yeah. tree has no leaves, so we're tending, when we spray, we're over spraying. Uh, to whatever's beyond the trees. So, yes. So, as long as you got those three criteria, you're good. Making sure you do a very thorough to the dripping point spray. But, um, yeah. And if it goes to five below, you know, a day or two later, no big deal. It's if it went to 10 or 15 below that it could be a big okay, deal. Okay. See that now that, that clarifies it for yeah. me because, yeah. uh, you know, I want to get them uh, sprayed before anything starts. Exactly. Happening much, you know. We call it dormant spray for a reason. You want them to be dormant. And yeah. you yeah. cannot go wrong. It is the most important spray of the entire growing season. It's uh, preventative all the way. Totally organic and 100% preventative. Wow. Yeah, and we butchered these ones pretty good, so there's a lot of open... <laughs> I don't like that term butchered. Well, no, we had to, we just plain and simple, they had, they had to be opened up a whole yeah. lot more in the middle and yeah. so it was uh, quite a quite a chore. But anyway, that right. clarifies it. Thank you good. very much. Well, Have a safe day. And yep. you too. Yeah, fruit trees do need to be trimmed and your timing was good, Chris, because that's when we trim fruit trees is when they're dormant, typically February and March. Yep. And again, on a dry day. Okay. Alrighty. Mm-hmm. Uh, now, 934. Uh, back to the lines. I'm looking for advice from Charlie here. Uh, okay. So we yep. next, we have Werner yes. on the line. Kleinberg. Yeah. Good morning, Werner. Good morning, Good. Charlie and Frank. Good morning. Are you in Kleinberg? No. No, Kilsenberg. That's oh, what I thought. Okay, that, well, we, that confused us. It's okay. And you're looking pretty good there, Frank. You look like a rooster in the basket between these good-looking women. Well, now there you go. And yeah, not, not only is he a, a, a great gardener, but he's I'm right on with truth. <laughs> Warner knows a lot about gardening. He's got a great little recipe that I'll yeah. share with you later, if you awesome. like, Tara, about how to grow tomatoes. Really, really amazing. What's cooking this morning, Warner? I have two tropical rose bushes, and I sharpened all my tools. I'm ready to trim them. Okay. So what kind of roses were they? Paprika rose. Plastica? That's what I was told when they put them in. Do, do they climb or are they bushes? They're bushes. Okay. And are they? do they bloom all season or just... Uh, no, all season. Okay. What color are they? Oh, I'm colorblind. Red? <laughs> I don't brown. Know. Everything's brown. Okay. Yeah, okay. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So they're not... I wonder... So Patrica is what you were told? They're fairly new? No, they're about four or five years old. Okay. All right. So, uh, and you're all excited to prune them back, yeah? Yeah. And your question? <laughs> how how do I go about it? How much do I trim them back? 
Oh, well, okay, so if I could be absolutely clear on which roses we're talking about, probably you've got a, a form of rose that's like a shrub rose. They yeah. are they are the trend these days. They're by far the best roses to grow. They are so easy. As long as they're in full sun, uh, you pretty much can get out there and do that kind of... What, what did um, Chris just refer to his fruit trees as being butchered? Uh, your roses can be... Hold it, hold it, hold it, hold I'm a butcher. Oh. <laughs> you you, you Place that with the shoemaker. <laughs> That's what I feel like, the shoemaker with no shoes. So yeah, listen, man. so no, so you generally these, these tough shrub roses can be cut back very, very hard. So oh, yeah. at the end of the day, six inches tall, roughly, if you want to go that low, if you want to go lo- uh, no lower, but you could go higher mm-hmm. up to a foot tall if you want. But remember, you're pruning for open. So Looking down on what you pruned, it should look like an open hand. The the newest growth is going to grow to the outside of the plant, not okay. to the inside. So we want to avoid any of that internal growth that's going to all tangle up and block sun and block air. Okay. All right. And that's the best thing about these shrub roses. That's what you do. Once a year, take them right down and then ignore them and enjoy flowers right through till Christmas. They're about, uh, oh, I'd say... Not quite two feet high. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, four to five years old. Up to you. You know, you want them to fit the space. You know they're going to grow back at least a foot this year. Okay. Uh, And what I do when I do my trimming on my roses, I feed them at the same time. So whether you're feeding with organic manure or you're feeding with a synthetic rose food, whatever it is, feed and trim and make sure it's a nice dry day. Okay. Okay. And I like your sharp tools. That's good. Yep. Yep. (laughs) Okay. Okay. Thanks Thank for you, calling, Warner. Warner. Yes, and for the compliments too. I appreciate that. <laughs> do you do you have any roses in your garden, Tara? I do. I have uh, the at last rose from oh, Sheridan Nurseries. How do you like that one? It's beautiful. It's sort of a peachy it's color, a and it color. blooms several times throughout the season. Oh, that's nice. Really and did lovely. you find it quite a, a vigorous rose, like a good, or was kind of a not so vigorous? It took a couple of years, but I think it's been about three or four now. Okay. And it, and last year, I got quite a few blooms, and mm. it was quite bushy, which was really good. nice. Okay. And yeah, it really fits the space. And it's hardy, I think, down to about zone three, which is Yeah, perfect. and it's gorgeous color. Really unusual how coral, like a peachy, corally, pinky color. Like mm-hmm. really, really pretty. Yeah, they're really gorgeous. Yeah, I left that one behind in my old, my Richmond Hill garden. Oh. I know. I know it's horrible. <laughs> I was looking at some of the pictures. I was like getting a tear in my eye thinking of all the plants I left behind. But whatever. All You're new. starting fresh. It's all new. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> what were you going to say about well, that? I was just going to, oh, I just wanted to thank Rita Suventius mm-hmm. in Port Colburn. Sent me a nice little uh, St. Patty's Day card, but inside the card was um, the garden corner, a little uh, package of sunflower seeds. Nice. So thank you, Are Rita. Are they big, really tall ones that. or short ones? I have no idea. Well, let Tara Says tell you. She can, large, see, here you go. She can yeah. read that package. Large seeded tall. Okay. Oh, okay. So, the, so like mammoth type giant oh, things. Oh, that's they, good. Well, you can put those out. You've got spots. You betcha. Yeah. They get thank to be you. about 12, 30 centimeters, 12 inches. Oh, so not too tall. Yeah. Okay. okay. Yeah. And yeah. the only thing is sometimes the squirrels will climb this, but you don't have too many squirrels where you are. Swans are your biggest problem. Swans right? are the biggest. <laughs> <laughs> They're the ones that yeah. wreak havoc in the garden. Really? Yeah. <laughs> we do have to take a little bit of a break now. Uh, so let's screech to a halt momentarily. Right. Let our sponsors have a few words and then come on back and I'll give you the phone numbers again to reach uh, both Charlie and Tara. Uh, 416-360-0740 in Toronto, anywhere in the province, of course, toll free. 1-866-740-4740. Back in a moment as you hear the Garden Show on Zuma Radio AM 740, 96.7 FM in downtown Toronto. 
Fur and feathers and bugs of all size. There's more going on in the garden than you realize. Should small creatures become a big problem, then you've got The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Exclusively on Zoomer Radio. And our special guest in studio, Tara Nolan, uh, who has written a marvelous book. I'm having another peek at it. It's gorgeous. Mm. Gardening Your Front Yard Projects and Ideas for Big and Small Spaces. In the meanwhile, while the commercials were being played, Charlie was busy at work doing you know me. research, heavy research. <laughs> fast um, research. <yeah. laughs> How okay. fast can you read? So the, going back to Patricia, who called yeah. us about, you know, is there an effective spray that's worth spraying your lawn with if you are suspecting you might have some grub issues this coming growing season in your lawn. Mm. I'm not finding anything. Now, it might just be me. It might be that somebody out there knows more on the subject than I do, so they're very welcome to give us a call or send me an email, c.dobbin at mzmedia.com. I'm happy to learn more about this. Everything I'm reading out there, there's sprays, none of which we would use here in Ontario. Um, Also, Remember, the pollinators are super busy in the springs. So the last thing I want to do is do any unnecessary spraying mm-hmm. of any of our gardens and lawns. The um, the idea of preventing a problem, they, it's okay to have a few grubs, yeah. frankly. You know, if you're digging in your garden, you find the odd grub, whatever. Flip it out onto the driveway or onto the road, a bird will take it. So one or two grubs will never kill your lawn. Yeah. It's the thousands of grubs that are a problem. So, you know, let's not overreact and say, oh my gosh, we got to get out there and spray. Right. Better to, I personally would err on the side of not spraying unless I'm seeing a lot of dead grass that happened last fall and is now looking incredibly horrible and needs to be all dug up and replanted. Yeah. But yeah. you're going to have to wait till after those grubs emerge. Okay. So well, like I, I hope say, Patricia was listening in there. Yeah, I hope if, like, if anybody has anything that I don't know about spring grub control, certainly share. Alrighty. Uh, on to uh, another call here from North York. Let's welcome Maureen to the line. Good morning, Maureen. Oh, good morning, Charlie. Good morning, Frank. Morning. I'm calling because uh, in February, because I wanted an early start on spring, I bought all kinds of tulips and hyacinths. Now, I've got a bunch of them on the windowsill. The leaves are starting to yellow. Mm-hmm. And I want to replant them, mm-hmm. and I'm not sure if it's better to put them in the ground in the spring, or if it's better to wait until the fall. And if I wait until the fall, do I take the bulbs out of the pots, or what do I do now? Okay, great questions. Have you ever done this, Tara, with forced bulbs? I have. I usually just pop them in the garden in the spring. Mm-hmm. And do you bother separating them? Yes. Usually, it, well, it depends what they're, yeah, how, how they've grown tight in the pot. Are. Yeah. Well, because when we, when we grow bulbs in pots, tulips, hyacinths, daffodils, mm. they jam them right in. Mm-hmm. So the bulbs are all touching each other. In our real gardens in the ground, we typically don't want the bulbs to yeah, touch each other. So yeah, so a little bit of separation. But yeah, I'd plant them outside whenever you want, whenever it's convenient, spring, summer, or fall. Make sure it's a sunny, well-drained location. And how early in spring when the, so I plant them when the other plants have finished, or can I put them in any time once it starts to get a bit warmer? Uh, any time you want. I mean, they've got green leaves on them now. You've got to let the what flowers are finished, leaves are growing, I hope. You are watering yeah. occasionally, and you want yeah. those green leaves to be there because those green leaves are fattening up the bulbs for next spring 2021 when you'll see flowers again. There's no, they won't flower again this spring. It'll be next spring that they're going to flower. So there's no rush to get them in the ground. The main thing is to keep them fat and juicy and healthy now for the beauty for next spring. 
and then just... I'm, water- I'm watering them on a regular basis. Okay, good, good, good. And make sure they're not sitting in water because bulbs have a tendency to rot. That's why we make sure we plant them into a well-drained spot in our gardens. And, of course, okay. deeper in the garden than they are in the pots, right? We go down a couple inches with them or 10 centimeters. The same as when you plant the regular bulbs. Exactly, exactly. So, and just take get them out there on a good day for you. I wouldn't put them into a wet soil, so I probably would wait till later spring rather than earlier spring. Yeah, I don't know if you could get a trowel okay. that far down right now. No, exactly. Things are still a bit, bit soggy and yeah. maybe even frozen. So, good, good for you. It's the best thing. Enjoy them in the house and then get them outside and continue to enjoy them outside. Good stuff, Maureen. Thanks for the call. Yeah. And, Thank uh, you very much. Alrighty. Thanks for joining us on, well, a cloudy uh, Saturday morning thus far, but I think the sun was supposed to pop out at some point. Uh, yeah, I, I seem to recall. There was a sunrise on my way here. Yeah. <laughs> Which I'm usually home. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Dawn in uh, Toronto. Good morning. Welcome to the show. Oh, first time caller. Oh, really? Oh, wait. Oh, oh wait, gosh. Wait, wait. Oh, there my God. we go. <laughs> Woo, you got wings, there you baby. Go, Dawn. <laughs> Welcome to the show. Good morning, Dawn. Where'd you go? Hello, Dawn. No, we lost him. Oh, he was going to ask something about cornmeal, so we know what that was. You know what? Why we put cornmeal on lawns? Um, Weeds. Yes, it's a herbicide. It's a preventative herbicide. Wait. No, no biggie. Uh, let's take a. Let's just take a minute or two and let Tara tell us a bit about her book. Yeah, what, absolutely. I'm I'm jumped onto meadows and wildflowers because that's what I'm envisioning that's in your my current vision for your the new back garden. of my back garden. <laughs> nice. Not so much the front. The front will probably be fairly traditional with a certain amount of turf and that sort of thing. Um, but this is so cool because you're all over the, the the map. You've got plans on how to build things, raised gardens, boxes. I tried to include a little bit of something for everyone. It's sort of a big idea book that hopefully will inspire you to do something even with a small space or if you have a bigger property like you do, yeah. um, you can, you know, there's things to pull out of here, pull something from that, that you could use. And you had some very nice people share some very nice photographs with you. Yes. I've, uh, you know, I reached out to my gardening community and I found a lot of great gardens, even in my neighborhood yeah, on walks. Yeah. I knocked on a door one day and asked if I could photograph their garden. They had a beautiful rain garden out front. Oh, so, yeah, yeah. you know, I really, uh, kind of availed upon my gardening friends to help with some of the photography and, and even just locations of, mm-hmm. of really great gardening ideas. Well, like Stephen and Emma, his daughter, yep. Biggs, remember mm-hmm. they, they've yes. been on the show a couple of times. Yes. You've got a nice picture of their driveway. They have the, a beautiful driveway garden with, straw with the straw bale gardening, mm-hmm. which is, is fantastic. And often, you know, you need six to eight hours of sunlight a day to grow those heat seekers. So, you and know, tomatoes, peppers, melons. And so sometimes your driveway or your front garden perfect. is where it's at. Yeah. Who, who doesn't have a sunny driveway? It's not like this. I mean, sometimes there's a tree nearby, but still often that's a yeah. very exposed part of our gardens. Just as we have to go to another break here momentarily, let me once again repeat the name of this book. It'd be really well worth the time, I think, folks, to pop by your favorite bookstore and have a peek. The book was written by Tara Nolan, and it's entitled Gardening Your Front Yard, Projects and Ideas for Big and Small Spaces. It's a great book. Mm-hmm. Boy, have a, have a look at it. Meantime, we have to take a little bit of a break here. And give Last a, one. Some time over to our uh, our uh, fellow sponsors uh, who support us uh, here on Zoomer Radio. All right, back in a moment. Daffodils and daisies, bluebells and begonias, forsythia and foxgloves, marigolds, magnolia, lavender and lupins, dahlias, delphiniums, stalks, fox, hollyhocks, tulips and sweet williams. You've picked the right place for everything floral. 
This is The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin, exclusively on Zoomer Radio. Well, Charlie and Tara, before we get back to the phone lines, which we will do here momentarily, I just want to ask Tara, uh, your your book, new gardening book, uh, what, what was your favorite project in that? Well, I have a few, actually, okay. but uh, one of the ones I really loved was it was a very tiny front urban garden, and it was I laid out sedum a carpet of sedum. So there's a company called Sedum Master in Southern Ontario here, and they usually put them on green roofs. That's where I usually see them, but I used it as basically the front lawn instead of, you know, that traditional turf grass. Great. And it All worked out okay. Like they were able to get it rooted in. It that. seemed to be rooted in in the fall. We're going to keep an eye on it in the spring. And, um, you know, it's drought tolerant. Yeah. So, you know, I'm really hoping that it comes back, you know, this year and, and looks really stunning. It looked really beautiful when, when we photographed it. it. And throughout the season, actually, I kept checking in on it because they're friends of mine. So, so it's close near where you live. Mm-hmm. That's cool. Oh, and that's great. And then um, supporting pollinators is also one of the themes in the book or one of the yes. projects. I mentioned lots of pollinator magnets that you might want to attract to your garden um, or use to attract uh, pollinators to your garden and I created a pollinator palace which was another really favorite project of mine I went to the Chelsea Flower Show in 2017 and that's where my inspiration came from because one of the gardens had these beautiful gabions filled with pine cones Uh, and sticks and uh the mason bee nesting tubes so I recreated that using actually old milk crates that I found at the Aberfoyle market Mm -hmm. and and put one together for my own front yard and it's a real conversation piece I bet so it's like sticks like you say and pine cones and and you know, bamboo Spring bits. yard and, waste, basically. Yeah, yeah. Like, <laughs> I was able and to it's gather. A rusty old milk crates. People go, what is that exactly. mess? Exactly. <laughs> and it looks, you know, when you put it all together, it just looks really interesting. Yeah. And I found that um, some of those mason bee nesting tubes were were full at the end of the season. So they had been used, yeah. which was really exciting That's for me. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You put the stuff out. You want the insects to you find it. You want them it. to use it. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. That's great. No, That's great. That's a really good book. idea. Have a peek at it, folks. Yeah. Um, we have to go back to Brantford now. Right. Say hi to Ellen, who's on the line. Good morning, Ellen. Good morning. Good morning. I'm calling about uh, my fir trees. They have what I think is called needle cast, mm-hmm. and um, I'm wondering what I can do about it. The lower branches are dying out. Uh, and are they firs or spruce? The sp- uh, I think they're spruce. You're right. So if you um, poke the end of the needles on the plant, if they're spruce, they will be uh, sharp. And if they're firs, they will not be sharp. Yeah, they're sharp. They're sharp. So that's, yeah. So needle cast of spruce is not that unusual. But of course, leave it to me to not remember what we do with needle cast. Because <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. uh, it's often, um, fung- yeah, see, it is. It's fungal based. So it's rhizosphera needle cast. Um, hold on, it's all American that's coming up here in front of me. Yeah. Uh, Ontario. You see, that's the problem. I've been told that something like the needles breathe oxygen, and um, this is stopping them from doing that. And other than cutting the lower branches off, I suppose it'll keep going up. I don't know. I'm not so sure about that. It's... um. Here, just it's a fungus that attacks a variety of evergreens, um, most often seen in spruce trees, no question, infected trees, small brown or black spots on new needle growth. Well, we're not obviously at the new needle growth uh, point yet this season, but it's, you know, ca- happening. There are treatments that are recommended every three to four weeks, starting as the new needles emerge in the spring. Uh, How big is your tree or trees? Oh, the tree is probably about... 40 feet high. Oh, my goodness. You know what you need to do? You need to call a certified arborist 
Uh, mm-hmm. In Brantford, you well, we know the Davy tree people are right across North America, so you can always find Davy. But you may have somebody else in your neighborhood. Make sure it's a certified arborist, not just Joe with a chainsaw. And right. and yeah. sorry to use the name Joe, as if you know that's just <laughs> anyway. Um, the uh, so. Um, and yeah, you need an expert. You need somebody on the property to, to use their expertise to advise you what to do. A tree of that size is far too big for you to spray. This is a controllable disease, but it does require spraying. It requires more than one spraying and it's going to cost money to get them on the property will cost you nothing to get them back to do the treatment will. So that's where you're going to have to decide what's the value of these trees. And right. frankly, trees, I think, well, I know. The banks know, everybody knows, well, big trees add huge value to your yeah. to your home properties. So yes, as much as 10% of the value of your home is locked up in your landscape yeah. uh, in terms of the, how it's seen by the world. Yeah. So we don't just randomly take down big old trees. All right? Right. Okay. So Thank that's what I would much. do. You're very welcome. Thanks Thank for you, calling. Yeah. Do we Bye-bye. have time? Uh, Bye-bye. Let me see uh, here. Quickly, maybe, we've got Marjorie calling oh. uh, from Normandale. Yeah. Hi, Marjorie. Hello there. Uh, I'm calling about uh, geraniums. I kept them uh, in the fall time. I brought them in, tied them upside down. I've got them in pots now for mm-hmm. about a month. And a lot of buds are coming on them. I was just wondering, uh, should I just enjoy those or should I uh, uh, break them off? them off to add strength to the, to the plant? Good question. Tara, what would you do? I would probably keep them. <laughs> yeah, I know. It's hard. It's really hard, it's hard to, to sacrifice. <laughs> if the plants are looking pretty good, their stems are, are strong and there's a number of leaves on them, enjoy yes. the flowers. If they're spindly and pale, then remove the flowers is my suggestion. Okay. Uh, all right. Alrighty, and Thanks I'm so giving much. the... I really enjoy your show. <laughs> Thanks for calling. Thanks, Marjorie. I'm giving the old wind-up I signal know. to Charlie and uh, to Tara. We've got a... Clear the Seconds. decks for Dave Corner Garage. The guys are revving up the engines momentarily here. But look, one of the final bits in the book that Tara has brought to, to show us, she's got stuff on mowing borders, permeable pavers, fusion gardening, all kinds oh. of real yeah. trendy things that are happening. So state of the art. Good job, Tara. Thank nice book. Thank you so book. much. Thanks. <laughs> I'm going to get you to sign my book before you leave. <laughs> Thanks. Thanks a bunch for coming. Thanks so much for having me. This has been great. Really appreciate it. And Franklin couldn't do any of it oh, without you. Bless your heart. And Carlos couldn't do any of it without you either. So thanks. <laughs> thanks to everybody. See you again next week. This has been an exclusive podcast of The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Heard every Saturday morning at 9 on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show.